0: Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to
1: connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on
0: social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Today we're going to begin... you to
1: come back when I'm not interrupting him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to begin a series of messages on uh, relationships and marriage. Now, this is for you, of course, if you're married. But this is for you if you think someday you might get married. All right. Or if you know anybody who is married. So this is pretty much. This is for, this is for you. And uh, we wanted to start off with uh, something a little funny.
1: Okay, so I'm going to tell you, if you haven't already heard about it, you need to know about the husband store. So for all of those who are looking for a husband, there's this store, and it's brand new. Women can go to choose a husband, but they have to follow the instructions at the entrance. You may visit this store only once. There are six floors, and the value of the products increase as you ascend the flights. You may choose any item from any sto- floor, or you may choose to go up to the next floor, but you cannot go back down except to exit the building. So a woman goes to the husband's store to find a husband. She sees the sign at the first floor. These men have jobs. Oh, nice. But let's go for the second floor. And on the second floor, the sign says, these men have jobs and love kids. Wonderful. So she looks at the third floor sign, though, because, of course, you can't quit there. And the floor three says, these men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good-looking. Wow, she thinks, but she feels compelled to keep going. So she goes to the fourth floor, and the sign reads, these men have jobs, love kids, are drop-dead good-looking, and help with housework. Oh, mercy me, she exclaims. I can hardly stand... Stand it, but there's a fifth floor, (laughs) so (laughs) up she goes to the fifth floor. These men have jobs, love kids, are drop-dead gorgeous, help with housework, and have a strong romantic streak. Oh, she's about ready to pass out. She's so tempted to stay, but she just has to go for more. So on the sixth floor, the sign reads, you, our visitor, Number three, 31456012 to get to this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely as proof that women are impossible to please. Thank you for shopping at the husband's store. Okay, then, then um, the, the wife store opened up across the street the for husband. the men. Oh, yeah. And the first floor has wives who love sex. The second floor has a sign that says, these are women who love sex and have money. And the third through the sixth floors have never been visited. (laughs) There's some differences there, right there.
0: Okay, here we go. First Corinthians chapter seven and verse 28. Nevertheless, such those who marry We'll have troubles in the flesh, but I would spare you. Uh, one of the, the concepts, particularly because of Hollywood, you know, you fall in love and you go off into the sunset and you live happily ever after, uh, does not recognize the fact. The Bible very clearly says, if you marry, you're going to have trouble. There's going to be. There's going to be. I'll say it this way: marriage is work. Right. Uh, Jeannie and I were, were talking with a friend a while back, and she made this statement. She said, marriage is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done, but it's the hardest thing I've ever done. right? Because marriage is work. right? You, 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 there are two people, fallen, selfish people that are going to become one, and it, there, there are going to be some disagreements. There's going to be some differences in priorities, Uh, and so there's going to be a time where, literally, you're going to be you're going to you're going to you're going to have some some difficulties. When
1: when he talks about the difficulties after, I remember as a little girl, one of my favorite books was Cinderella, and on the very last page, it says it has them writing off in the you know, and it's and they lived happily ever after but it never says what, it was after.
0: <laughs> there is a happily ever after,
1: but it's, okay. it's after you make up. Yep. It's after you forgive. It's after you go through this together. It's after you conquer this. It's, it's after a lot of things. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so I want to encourage particularly men, but all of us to, to recognize the importance of prioritizing your marriage and your family. So often what we do, is we focus outside the home, uh, get significance, get uh, identity from whether it's social media, whether it's the boardroom, whether it's the sports field, uh, the battlefield, position, a hospital, a farm, arena, whatever it has to be. And we focus and get our identity and our significance someplace besides home. But if there's any place you want to be famous, it's at home. That, that is the, the place we need to focus more than any other place. Now, you might think, especially as a guy, we think, man, I, I just need to be successful. I need to be financially successful. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work longer so I can be, reach our financial goals sooner, right? Uh, and you may reach your financial goals sooner and become financially independent. But the problem is this. right? You may have a, a, a larger bank account, but your family life and your legacy is going to be less. Right? And what really is important is not the size of your net worth, but it's how full is your family life and what is your legacy going to be. So, so you need to look like my calendar. You know, how do I spend my time? What activities do I prioritize? Uh, Who do I spend the most time with? Uh, What do I do when I'm not working? And and look, what am I prioritizing? Because every man, every woman, the one place we want to be famous, we want to succeed, needs to be at home more than any other place. So if you're going to cheat something, right, cheat your friends, cheat your sports, cheat your entertainment, even cheat work. How many of you realize you don't have time for everything? And there's something you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna cut a little bit off, something, right? Don't make it home, right? Because that's where you're going to, to, to really build the, the, your, your, your legacy, your significance. So I wanted to you want to say something first.
1: Yeah, I do. I love his expressions <laughs> with his hands. I have to duck every once in a while. Um the prioritizing work is important and doing a good job and and providing your for your family, guys, that's awesome and that's really uh, important. And raising the kids and doing it well and investing in them. I mean, there's so many attributes and works and jobs that are just so important, but to sacrifice one, it's the balance that's that's tricky, and, and keeping it in balance. And there are seasons when you know you've got to pour yourself more into the job for whatever reason, and it takes a sacrifice on her part. And there's the season when she's got to pour more into um, the demanding little baby, and this, and and the husband's sacrifice, and they make a huge difference. And the um, besides being balanced uh, and, and trying to not stay out of balance in those areas. Appreciation is going to make a big difference where you acknowledge, you know what? You're, you're overgiving right now. Thank you for it. And yes, you're working hard, honey. And, and, but yeah, don't forget us. We need this. And you, and having that ability to communicate about how are the others doing with the balance? Well, right now you're out of balance, but if you've got to, I'll support you. But just know that I'm hoping you come back. <laughs> and, and, you know, just being that where you respect each other's yeah. um, balance meter.
0: Yeah, the, the man will typically think, hey, I'm, I'm giving myself. And this may be like you're thinking well, he's just putting role models. You know, men men's, uh, do this and women do that. But let me just, just be me. Okay, here we go. So a guy will go to work and think, you know what? She needs to recognize how much I love her because of how hard I work for her and for the family, where the wife will, may say, well, I'm putting all this time with the kids. And he just, when a guy does that, how many know it doesn't work? It doesn't work. But the girl may think, well, I'm giving all the time to the kids, and he just needs to recognize how much I love him because of, I'm giving all this time to the kids, and that doesn't work either. Neither one worked you 've got to prioritize each other.
1: And just recently, Dwayne was pointing out what I was pouring into the kids and grandkids, and he says i 'm feeling a little left out." <laughs> and I didn't catch it I didn 't know, but there is that subconscious thing in us that when your family and your involvement in your work, it can take so much, it can require so much energy and time that we can slip into that real easy where we think you should just know how much i love you because i'm ignoring you <laughs> because i'm i'm spending so much time here but it's for us it's for you it's for you know and and really always bring it back around and uh, invest the time in each other okay. and i want to say real quick here um as we go through these building your relationships, your home, you need to know and remember that knowing what to do isn't what makes a difference. Um, You have to do it. It's the intentional investing in living these principles, living the truth, living Christ-like, living these words um, that's going to make a difference. You can know all about What to, how to, and when to build a good solid foundation. But if you don't do it, it won't be there when you need that foundation. You have to build it. And in John 13, 17, Jesus said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. But the blessing was not in just knowing them. It was doing them. And so, you know, I'm excited about, um, learning and growing. And we've been married for a lot of years. And, Every time we get to speak on marriage, teach them, every time we get to read another book together on marriage, learning, growing, it's, it's good and it's fun and it helps us to reprioritize, to recognize our mm-hmm. out of balance, um, where we're investing our time and our energies and our focus. And, and you got to do that. It's, it's like coming to church. You don't jump in the car and steer once and think, okay, now that should be enough. I should get there. No, you'll hit the ditch, you'll hit a car, you'll run into a tree. You have to continually be steering, and so that's what this month we're going to do. A lot of steering, like, oops, let's correct here, let's, okay. let's invest there. All
0: right, all you married men want to you get your phone out. All right, get your phone out. I got three questions for you, and these questions are always on your wife's mind. Whether she knows it or not, she may even subconsciously not realize it, but your wife has three questions that you need to answer constantly, right? Constantly, right? Question number one, this is very simple, but this, this, will, this will help you, I promise. Question number one is, am I beautiful? Do you find me attracted? Are you attracted to me, right? Every woman... Has that question? If you're married, she's a woman, she's, she's got that. Am I attractive, Dan? Am I beautiful? It, yeah, it's it's like just a built. Yeah, my <laughs> little my little girls. granddaughters, three years old, they come up and they're twirling around. Papa, am I beautiful? Am I pretty? Am I pretty, Papa? Papa, am I pretty? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. But they don't lose that when they're 23, 33, 43, 53, 63, or 73 or 83.
1: And the right. little boys, they just Break things, <laughs> and then try to fix them. And they try you to know, fix well, things told, and break them. I told
0: her, them. her yesterday she's beautiful. No, you need to tell her six times today. You cannot. You cannot tell her enough. You're yeah. beautiful. I'm attracted to you, baby. You are hot. In fact, that's why it's good. To- my <laughs> my my lawn. phone. The kids. The kids took it and put my phone in. You know who she is on the phone. They
1: put the numbers in the phone and they labeled me as.
0: Hot, hot Mama.
1: Mama. <laughs> She's hot. So, so he, he tells Siri, he says, uh, dial or call Hot Mama. And, and she called somebody downtown somebody else. somewhere else.
0: It was not good. And, and so
1: we had to update the contact. And now I'm Hot Mama Genie.
0: Hot Mama Genie now. Hot Mama Genie. All right. Question number two. All right. Question number two, am I enough, all right? Am I enough? Do I satisfy you? Am I enough, all right? You say, well, what, what do I say? Well, honey, you were amazing last night. You were awesome. To the moon and back.
1: He said that first service, and I'm like, no, don't say it
0: huh? No. No. Well, but she needs to know, all right? She's enough.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, here we go. Enough on that one. All right. Number three. Question number three. All right. Do I win? All right. Do I win? Am I more important than your job, than your friends, than your hobbies, than anything else? Do I win? All right. And uh, you can tell her she wins, but you got to show her. You got to show her that she wins, right? That outside of your relationship with God, she is the most important person, the most important relationship that you have, that she is your number one priority under God, right? If you can answer those three questions, right, your wife will be secure. She will be secure in your relationship, and you need your wife to be secure. Now, Genesis chapter 2 In verse 18, right? And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him, right? And literally that that comparable is equal but different. Equal but different. Uh, I remember years ago, I've heard two different Hebrew scholars talk about this, right? Uh, The first one was way back 47 years ago when we were in Bible college, but the word where it says that God took one of the ribs, the Hebrew scholar said that can also mean one of his sides. It's like literally God just didn't take out a rib. God took part of the man out, some of his qualities, some of his attributes, and he took those out and made the woman. That's why women just see things different than men, right? Um, If if we needed to to paint a nursery and we just had a bunch of guys together, they'd say, well, what have we got? And they'd say, well, we got some fire engine red paint. And the guys would say, well, we don't need to buy anything. Let's paint the nursery fire engine red. If they had one woman in there, just one, she would say, would you please Buy some white paint and mix it and get a mauve color. Because if we have fire engine red in the nursery, the kids are gonna go, ah.
1: I actually mm-hmm. think we have some red walls in the nursery, but anyway.
0: Okay. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying <laughs> That's is why
1: kids have fun in the nursery. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. We look at things different. We no, prioritize we things different.
1: Right. We do. i to I'm a word person too, so I love this discovering what the words. Meet and when I thought, you know, well, if I'm a help, meet a help, uh, comparable or suitable for him, I need to know better what that means. So looking at at um, verse eighteen in Genesis two, where it says, "It is not good for man." The word "good" there means beneficial, appropriate, right, agreeable, or pleasant for a man to be alone. And the word "alone" meant to be only, apart, alone, one part only or by itself, and so this isn't saying that every man needs to rush out of here and find a wife, because you can't be happy as a single man, it, but it means that man, mankind, all of us, we are not made to, be, to do life without others. We're not made to be alone, and that we need, um, and God recognized this wasn't good, um, that you need not just a wife, you need church, family, fellowship. And um, then, but God said that. And then he didn't just go and make an exact replica of, oh, there's an Adam one, so here's an Adam two. We'll just have more and more Adams. Um, but he, he took, like he said, he took out a side of him. And, he, and it says, I will make, fashion, ordain, produce, or prepare. A helper suitable for him, and I love that he created the the man, and then he prepared the woman. He he fashioned the woman as a helper, um, and the word helper there is the same that talks describes uh, God. The Holy Spirit is our helper, and to surround, protect, and help, and then also, and then the word suitable meant um, to be in front of, straightforward before your face, opposite, inside of, in your view, in your purpose, corresponding, or parallel. And I love that description of um, suitable or comparable is one that's parallel, one that um, before your face, not behind you, not, not uh, off on the shelf, but before you. It's really a together thing. And then um, the, the word suitable I can't say it in Hebrew, but it comes from this root word that means to stand boldly out opposite, to announce always by word of mouth to one present, to confess, confront, declare, explain, describe, disclose, expound fully, messenger plainly, profess, tell, utter, speak, make known, rehearse, and report. And that's a few words. (laughs) If you didn't catch it, that is, Communication, well, that's
0: words. Uh, years ago, I, I had a, <laughs> a couple, a young couple come in and they wanted to get married. And, and I, I said to him, you know, well, uh, why do you want to marry her? He says, oh, uh, I just love her. She's just so beautiful. And I said to him, I said, do you think she's smart? And he said, well, uh, she's beautiful. I said, but do you think she's smart? And he's kind of like, well, what do you mean? I said, because she's going to tell you what she thinks every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> See, the Bible says what she's going to do is she is going to confess, confront, declare, explain, describe, fully (laughs) expound fully. She's going to profess plainly, tell, utter, speak, make known, rehearse, and report. She's made. She's made to do it. All right? Doesn't that sound
1: fulfilling women just... No. We get to do it, and God wired us that way.
0: So, so one of the, there's a book that came out years ago um, called "His Needs, Her Needs" by Dr. Harley Jr. and and in there, he mentions that one of the big needs, top needs of a woman is opus honest communication. So, uh, so I want to tell you this story so you know that there's hope for you. Right? Um, Jeannie and I really met in a prayer meeting. We were in Dallas. Uh, going to Bible college, but every day we were in the same prayer meeting for an hour, okay? And then after four months, um, we had our first date. That was on May 1, and I told her I loved her on May 3, and and then I asked her to marry me on May 5, and we got married May 10. I'm just kidding. The last part's the only part I'm kidding about. We didn't get married till August, okay? So so we, we didn't have a... Uh, a, a long time,
1: time to do a lot to, of communicating,
0: <laughs> to do a lot of communicating. So, so during this, this short period of time that, uh, we're, 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 dating, um, she decides she wants to cook me a meal. You know? So right across the street from her apartment, there's a, there's a little park with a couple picnic tables. And so she cooks the meal and brings the meal over. Now, uh, I like most food, right? Um, uh, I've I've had uh, rats in in the Philippines, qui, which is a, like a guinea pig in South America, snakes, possums. Um, I absolutely love iguana. Um, just there's just really there's only two things I don't like, and one of them is biscuits and gravy. So, she is her family is they're Kansas farmers, and her dad's favorite meal is biscuits, biscuits and gravy. And gravy. Right? So she makes biscuits and gravy and brings them over to the little park, you know. And, and this, is, this is the girl. I just love this girl. She's amazing. But she can't cook with a hoot, you know. <laughs> so she feeds me these biscuits. At least that's what I thought. She feeds me these biscuits and gravy. And I didn't want to tell her they were bad. So I, she said, well, how are they? I said, oh, they're really good. And she said, would you like more? And I said, No. <laughs> I'm full. I wasn't full. I just didn't want anymore. I could hardly eat what I had, All right. So, So everything seemed to be fine. You know, a few months later, we get married, and then we're we're in Bible college together. And uh, three times every week, she serves biscuits and gravy. And, I, and, and every time I'm just like, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Well, finally, finally, l- literally,
1: I mean he, I, I he sit, goes, I he's,
0: sit that, Can I tell my
1: story? I know, but I can still see it <laughs> when he pushes himself back from the table.
0: I, I thought, I'm gonna throw up. I am going to throw up if I eat any of these. I will throw up right here. So I just I did, I just pushed back. He said, I hate biscuits and gravy. And she says, what do you mean? You said you liked him. I said, I lied. I said, <laughs> there was there was just no honest open communication going on. But I uh, tell
1: you guys that you can speak the truth yeah. in love. You and like so in the park he could have said something like, "Wow, thank you for making all those biscuits and that gravy, <laughs> and and I'm sure they're good, but that's just something that I have no taste for. It's really I mean, not it's my so favorite." Much and, I am so sorry. And let's go feed the pigeons. <laughs> I am
0: sorry. I am sorry. So, so, so what, what, you know, she needs open, honest communication. And, and one of Dr. Harley things he mentions is that a man's really looking for somebody to hang out with, right? Somebody to what do life with. say
1: about and, hang out, I need to tell him about communicating.
0: But you what? want to do Can I tell my story? And then you can tell him about communicating. Okay. It's all we're going to do it. Okay. Uh, as the head of the family. I'm as the head of the city. family. Okay. You tell them. All right. I'm going to tell the story. So, so Dr. Harley mentions that one of the things that a man really looks for is he's looking for a recreational companion, somebody he can hang out with. And the truth is, I would rather hang out with Janie than any of my friends. I just love hanging out with her. So about 20 years ago, the kids grew up, and, and finally she could go hunting with me. You know, So we're practicing, and we get everything all ready, and, and the day comes... I, we get out in the in the woods and and I take her to this tree. I mean, I know deer are going to come by. They're sleeping over here. They're eating over here. And this is the way. So I put her in the best tree, get her up there. I go get about three hundred yards away and I climb up in the tree, you know. And that night, both of us shot a deer with our bows. We track them down. We get them. We got them in the trailer. We're pulling out of there, and I am like in heaven. <laughs> You understand? I'm like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Honey. I said, we went hunting together. We did it. We did it. And she's like, we did what? We? We? Did together? it together? She said, you have me in a tree 300 yards away from you. She said, I couldn't see you. I couldn't talk to you. We? We? What, what was great about it? And I thought it was the best thing in the world. Alright. but she like we didn't talk, you know, we didn't communicate.
1: And so. that's huge. Um, to uh, that's a revelation. If you have, if you didn't catch our illustration, his story, his account here is that we are from different perspectives, and the way she sees it, the way he sees it, you're not even on the same page. You're planet. not in the same world, <laughs> planet. You're not on the same. Uh, you, what he was getting and, and I, you're not going to see it the same, but that it's okay. It's, it's quite all right. You, you learn to communicate and appreciate his way of praise God. He, he's, he can- yeah,
0: up- Two guys will watch a football game together and be shoulder to shoulder and think, man, we did this together. They don't even talk. Two girls are going to want to sit down and, well, what did that happen? How did you feel about this? We talk
1: about it. it, It's
0: just, the the communication is totally, totally different.
1: Do you know what? Even reading the Bible, we do it different. And when I got married, I thought he was backslidden (laughs) because he wouldn't pray with me like I prayed. He wouldn't read the Bible with me like I did. I thought we were going to talk and you know communicate he communicates the Bible more with you than he would with me and I wanted to have that share with me let's talk about this verse and he said I got 10 chapters to read just keep reading we'll talk about it at the end and and just uh, <laughs> then at the end this I couldn't is, this remember is how, this is how
0: she reads the Bible submitting to submitting what does that mean let's get the <laughs> let's get the book. <laughs> Two hours later, <laughs> submitting. <laughs> 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 so, we, pro, we relate to God differently, don't we? Yeah. We do a lot. Okay, well,
1: communicating different is yeah. different. But if you listen, and this is what we had to learn we didn't understand right at the beginning, and, and I felt so slapped in the face, and so, like, if he didn't want to listen to me, if he would make decisions without me, I'm like, to me, it smacked of, just meet me in the bedroom. I'm going to make all the decisions. <laughs> like, that was the only thing I was good for, and, and or, you know, take care of the kids, do this. and and But as the head of the family, yes, he can make decisions, but read you what the wife is going to have the other opinion. She's going to have the other side. She's going to have another perspective. And you are shooting yourself in the foot. If you don't ask her, if you don't let her share her, her opinion, her, her perspective. And I remember going out and um, running with Dwayne and he would, who wants to talk while you run? So praise God, that's a good time to talk to him because he'd just listen. <laughs> and, and so I did a lot of communicating out when we were out running. And I, I remember one time sharing, he'd made a decision, but I hadn't shared with him my perspective. And so I start going back over it again and he's like, cut it. We already made that decision. We? <laughs> you didn't hear what I thought about it. And, and so I had to really teach him Have a teaching moment. I said, honey, if you still decide that, that's fine. That's okay. But I need you, I need to know that you heard my perspective, that you heard what I see. If you let me explain and let me share my thoughts about it, then really I'm so much happier and content for you to go, for us to go with your decision. Um, And if it's wrong, well, we'd learn it together at least I know that you made the, you know, there's just that we just want to be heard. And, and, um, even while I was explaining to him, I realized that, you know what, when I want to share my opinion, it's not because I want to be responsible. I want to have the authority to make the decision. I want to put you down and I'm better than you. And I'm going to show you, I know better. It's none of that. It's just that I really do feel that I'm, a God-given gift in this relationship. And as a team, we need each other. And when I feel like you're making decisions and don't need me at all, then I don't feel loved. Mm-hmm. And maybe the guy thinks that has nothing to do with love. It's just all in the bedroom. No, it's not. Love is listening. And, and part of loving is re- being a team and being a unit is recognizing, you know what? What do you think about this? And And yeah, the responsibility for the final decision I'm happy for it to go with him. And then if it goes wrong, he's to blame. Because he saw, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I shared the perspective and where I thought the outcome would be better in this sense. And then he could um, weigh it and, and take the decision. And that's, okay. it's just God, God wants the balance there.
0: All right. This is our, this is our first closing. Okay. okay, here we go. Ephesians 5, 21 submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now it's literally talking in marriage and the word is submitting to one another for there to be submission. There has to be equals. Right? Um, the Bible doesn't say children submit to your parents. It says children obey your parents because children do not have the same authority in the household as the husband and the wife, right? They are equals. So it says, submit to one another. Uh, years ago, I had a man come up to me and, and he said, pastor, where's that verse in the Bible that says my wife has to obey me? And I said, well, there is, he said, I said, there is no such verse. He says, oh yeah. He said, that verse is in the Bible. Pastor, where is the verse that says my wife has to obey me? Well, where he was going or trying to go was Ephesians 5:22, which says, "Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything." So it says for the wife to submit to the husband. So, honey, I I, I think you should you should submit. All right. Okay. I submit. All right. I appreciate that. Now.
1: Now it's your turn. It says, husbands, this is in Ephesians 5, love your wives, seek the highest good for her, surround her with a caring, unselfish love, just as Christ loved the church that he might sanctify her and cleanse her and wash her and present the church to himself in glorious splendor. So that she'd be holy and set apart for God and blameless. Even so, husbands should and are morally obligated to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself.
0: So the Bible says the husband is to lay down his life for his wife like Christ gave his life for the church. And that's submitting to one another. So the husband is to lay down his life. So when he submits, it's on both knees, all right? And he is laying down his life. Jesus literally died in order to to be like a husband to the church. And really, a husband has the same responsibility, right? Maybe the wife is on one knee, but he needs to be on both knees, right? Bowing. He needs to give his life for his wife. And that is a picture of biblical submission. Submit one to another. another. It's not just a wife submitting to her husband, but it's her husband laying down his life and submitting to his wife. Not the picture that, that so many people have of what, what does it look like to submit to one another? What does a Christian marriage look like?
1: I just, this really, really helped me because I had seen a lot of the out of balance, the wrong way with submission. I'd seen and heard and, and uh, didn't want that, but I wanted a, the biblical kind of it, but I needed to see it. So this helped me is my feet are pretty much the same. Maybe my right foot's a little different size than this one, a little bit. But they're basically, my my feet are two feet, same thing, all in one body. My feet are now submitting to one another. And I can walk, I can run, I can, I can do lots, I can climb, I can do a lot of things because my two feet are submitted one to another. And you can realize how silly it would be, how wrong it would be if this foot says, I am the leader. You will always be behind me. I go before you. Don't you dare come ahead of me. <laughs> and then you'd, I would be crippled. I wouldn't be able to run a race. And, uh, or if this foot said, I'm not only wanting to be the head, I am also going to keep you in your place. Oh, 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 no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. And, and trying to put that one down. I'm the head. And, and uh, you know, you just, you would not accomplish anything. And neither does it work where you've got to like, I am not going to submit I'll do my thing. Well, I'm going to do my thing. And I'm going to do my thing. and I'm going to do my thing. And, and that's kind of like, you don't go anywhere with, if you are going to both go the same direction. So that's just a view of submission if you think of your feet, that you are working together um, and you can get places, go far and do Submitting a lot. You're in wonder. the same body. You're united And yet you're separate and you're equal, but you have to submit to one another.
0: Amen. Say, would you please bow your heads? If you're online, uh, this is for you as well. Um, I was brought up in church. Uh, I went to church for 20 years, but somehow it never penetrated. In fact, I was 20 years old. I believed in God. I said I'd gone to church all my life, but I was not... A Christian. I was not saved. I, I knew that there were a lot of do this and do this and do that and don't do this and don't do this and don't do that. But I, I, I was not right with God and I knew I wasn't right with God. I, I was invited to go to a, a little startup church and I remember the service to this day. Uh, it may have been the first time in my whole life I ever felt the presence of God during the praise and worship. But after the service, uh, a young guy named Bruce who grew up right across the street from me came over and began to talk to me. And finally, he said this to me. He said, would you like to be forgiven, to be saved, to know you're right with God and on your way to heaven? And when he said that, I, I thought, I thought that is the stupidest question I have ever heard. Who wouldn't want to be forgiven? Who wouldn't want to be right with God? Who wouldn't want to know that they're on their way to heaven? But I didn't know you could be saved. I didn't know you could know. I didn't know how to be right with God. So he opened his Bible in Romans chapter 10 and shared a couple of verses. One of the verses he shared with me was Romans 10 verse 9, which says, If you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord, give him your heart and your life and believe God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I remember when I saw that in the Bible, I went, oh my goodness, I could be saved. I can be forgiven. I can be right with God. I can be on my way to heaven. And right there, we got, we got down on our knees and we prayed a prayer, 40, 49, 49 years ago, right? And, and my life literally went, began to go in a different, different trajectory that prayer that I prayed 49 years ago, still working today and today, if if you're not right with God, if you're away from God, you say, I don't know where I stand with God. See God that the Bible is God speaking to you. And if you will confess and receive Jesus as your Lord, as your King, and you'll turn your life on your turn, your back on your old life. You will be saved. So I want to pray a prayer with you, very similar to the prayer that I prayed that night. And if you'll pray this prayer from your heart, when we say amen, you're going to be right with God. So if whether you're online, whether you're here, would you please just make these words your own and pray this prayer out loud? Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. Victorious over death, sin, and the devil. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I receive him as my King, my Lord. I turn my back on my old life. I'm not living for myself any longer. I'm living for Jesus. And I thank you. You have heard my prayer, that my past is gone, that I'm a part of your family, your kingdom, today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head still bowed, every eye closed. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, you say, Pastor, I prayed the prayer and I meant it. I've given Jesus my heart. I've given him my life and I'm going to live for him. When I say three, would you lift your hand? One, two, three, lift it up, lift it up. Thank you. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, up in the balcony, nine, 10, 11. I see 11 hands. Thank you. 12, 13, 14. Father, we pray right now for every person who's just received Jesus, has given their heart and their life to him. We pray they grow strong in the Lord, the power of your might. We pray you'll give them hunger for your word and revelation in it. We pray, Father, you surround them with Christians to help them in their new life. And we pray their faith will never fail. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.